Welcome guys to the Trying Podcast. My name is Nanini and on this podcast I'll be sharing with you the steps that I'll be taking to try and get over my fears and get out of my comfort zone. Hi, it's October 10th on Tuesday and uh, I've really been delaying recording this episode. I think I'll just make it a short one. So basically I think the topic will be headspace. Um I wanted to title I wanted to title it despair. That's the title I had like until like 20 minutes ago. I wanted to title it despair. But I've had headspace like can't even speak. I've had headspace in my list of top titles. And so when I went back to check my the list, I was like, I think headspace works because it's like a state of mind. And the topic despair is really about a state of mind and heart or whatever. Like Okay, so let me just start. So, the the one day, the one the first time, gosh, I can't even speak. The first time I realized that I was in despair. Can somebody say this? I was in despair. Let me search the Nines and myself. Yeah, I found it. September twenty seventh. <coughs> this year september 27th this year i remember i don't know what i was doing but it hit me like whatever is happening right now to you the discouragement the feeling of failure stroke discouragement stroke it's like a hopelessness i was like what and and i again um i already know what god has said has told me right i mean every day <laughs> this is my life right <sighs> i'm a person who lives daily according to I try anyway according to God's guidance. I am not nanini plus God. I don't separate the two like there's my life and then there's what God wants for me. No. I've chosen to have just one to choose one what god has for me and so that means actually listening to what god is saying to me <laughs> oh and so i've been sharing some of the ways um god speaks to me through scripture it's actually usually very clear sometimes through scripture through other people although it it used to be very hard for me to like listen to others but 
I came to understand like that's another way God speaks to me. <clears throat> and he confirms exactly what he has said through somebody. So I know it's him. And also through my dreams. And there's this one dream. That God has... Um, <clears throat> this one dream that God has kept on reminding me that whatever you're going to birth in this season is not going to look alive immediately it will seem dead it will not look like it has life and so I recently, I think even it's while I was recording, before I recorded, before I shared my previous episode. Um, is it before? I mean, the moment before I pressed record, that's what I mean. Um, in the episode, Be Bold, it was I think also September. So that's when, the moment before I pressed record, that's when it hit me. I think it was in the morning. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have I already given birth? And then I was like, things are pointing to... I mean, uh, I hope whoever is listening to this already knows what I mean when I say, have I already given birth? <laughs> anyway, um, in that episode, I don't want to repeat myself. So I was like... In the episode Be Bold, the literally the last episode I uploaded, episode 3 of season 8, I was asking myself, have I already given birth? Because if I have, it doesn't look like there's anything. There's no life. Like, there's no fruit. I'm not seeing anything that can be harvested. And then I remembered in my dream. That's exactly what the dream like what God was revealing to me. It's like God was telling me, Nanini, when you will give birth, it will look as though it's dead. And you need to understand that there is an attack. Because again, we are told that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces rulers, powers, and authorities in the heavenly realm. <clears throat> I've paraphrased that verse. So knowing that and knowing what God was saying, telling me in the dream that the reason why your your child, right, the one that you've given birth to, <clears throat> looks dead is because there's an attack and you need to fight. You need to be bold and fight. And how we fight, it's through prayer. And I think God was also telling me something about fasting. God has been speaking to me about fasting. <clears throat> but again, I think, I don't know when, which episode it was. I think it was either the last season, season 7. Um, clean house or it was this season the table 
but God has been speaking to me about fasting and I've tried honestly to like study again I'll continue studying until I have a nini as long as I have a sound mind to understand and God gives me then then you need to understand so I'll continue studying but so far I don't know what fact like physical fasting like denying yourself of like food I don't know what that does I still don't know what that does in the spiritual realm because again our battle is not against the flesh we don't battle flesh we don't battle human beings <clears throat> there are spirits controlling us we have free will but again i think i talked about this in the clean uh, um clean house we give control to rulers to rule us to other rulers r u l e r s to rule us r u l e u s so we're giving them access to take control and give us orders <laughs> and knowing that knowing that there are I'm fighting a spiritual battle and there's this time where Jesus says like some spirits can only be fought against right you can only clean house with some spirits through prayer and fasting and then I'm like okay I understand prayer but then fasting what happens in like what happens I still don't know I still don't know but I've I've tried to practice it humbling myself of course because again it's not like I'm aware of everything when it comes to fast I'm not even aware of like even like a small thing because God says in 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 I think Isaiah or Psalms I think it's Isaiah or Psalms I don't remember exactly like about true fasting again I've read these right I've read these verses And God says how true fasting is the setting the captives free is um like what Jesus said like he has come to do he has come to free the captives free those who are bound give sight to the blind then of course God is not expecting was not expecting the Israelites to do that like to give sight to the blind but he was like service service helping loving your neighbor as you love yourself serving acts of kindness deeds good deeds to your neighbor as in how Jesus tells his disciples who is the when they asking who is the greatest and he says the greatest is a servant so even though i've been practicing like physic i've been trying anyway to practice the physical denying myself of food i still don't know what that does but i've been trying that what while i'm practicing that what i have consciously con- consciously what I've, what i have consciously being being um I have consciously and intentionally been aware of what like 
the things I have been conscious of and intentional about are my works of service. That's what I call fasting. That's how I understand fasting. So even when I was physically fasting, I was conscious of my deeds, my acts of service. I was not doing it so that I can pile up a good deed to get a star from a teacher and like a well done. I was not doing that, but I wanted to I wanted to understand. I wanted by doing, I wanted to understand. I hope that makes sense. So I uh right now, I don't know. Only God knows the heart. And like the the small changes and the small things that happen in people's hearts, only God knows that. But that's something I've been trying to do. So when it comes to um fighting fighting this spiritual battle prayer and fasting and again i'm not even a good prayerful person you know there are people who like wake up at i don't know what time to pray that's really good for them if they do that but i'm not that person okay let me not say i'm i currently i'm not that person and i have not been that person I usually just whenever I remember I try to find I try to find situations during the day that remind me of that God wants me to communicate with him like whenever I find myself um say for example uh lost right like say mentally lost or like emotionally lost or by lost I mean like I I feel like I've reached an end that's when I'm like okay so Google is not helping I try not to go to Google quickly like the first thing but I've tried I've tried to to like think of God first go to God first so that's what I call prayer like my communication with God so I don't like close my eyes and recite a prayer. But I just talk to God. So I count that as prayer. And that is a way I can I understand that how that is fighting. I understand how that is fighting. Because I am not giving power to the um what do you call them? I'm not giving power to the to the how Paul says is it Paul or 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 uh, Peter no no yeah I think it's Paul or Peter who says think about such things think about things that are <coughs> good things that are lovely things that are pure when it comes to the mind let me actually search for that verse because it applies here <coughs> think about such things bible verse that i'm going to search it's philippians philippians it's paul 
Okay, so Paul is saying Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So when it comes to my headspace and my mindset, this is what I'm guided to. This is how I fight. When I choose what is true, and God is truth. Jesus is truth. When I think about what is good, this, the, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Meaning he is the, he is the one who is good. There's no, no other being on this planet or this whatever world this is that I live in, both physical and spiritual. There's no being that is good. Like, there's no being that is um, ultimately good. What do you call it? Like, fully good. Like, we, we all have sinned and fallen short. So God is the only one who is pure. We're told to think about what is pure. God is the only one who is, who is noble, who is praiseworthy. Yes, some actions we do can be praiseworthy. But sometimes even our intentions when you do some things, like only God knows the heart. That's what I'm saying. Like This is fighting. This is when I choose to go to God first so that he can work on my mind and what I'm thinking about so that he can talk me through, talk, you know, talk to me through my thought process. That is me fighting. Um, so, this dream about the, the birth not looking as, as lively as it should be has been in my mind. And so I've been like, okay, so that gives me a, a, like a, an answer why things are looking the way they are right now in my life um, in, in an area of my life not everything I'm so blessed but in an area of my life so I was like okay so that gives me an answer God wants me to fight through this and be bold right but then I started after even that study or recording I don't know if you could call it a study on September 27th, that's when I was like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling right now? It was so heavy. And I was like, I've, I've, it's not depression, I'm not depressed. If I was depressed, like I know the signs. I've been through it, I know the signs of how I look like personally. I know what what goes through my mind I know how I act but so I'm I'm saying I was I was like telling myself I'm not depressed I am not so what is this feeling and it's like it popped in my head I've never used this word ever in my vocabulary despair <laughs> the word despair popped in my head and I'm like despair despair so I googled it 
I knew of the word, but I, because I've never used it in my day-to-day nini like um, conversation with people, I didn't exactly know what it means. Like I, I vaguely understand, but so I googled despair. Let me actually Google despair. And despair means the complete loss or absence of hope. Lose or be without hope. Hopelessness. So I was like, is this what I'm feeling? Despair? So and so I was like, okay. And then this after the the, the, the word despair popped in my head. Like these words popped in my head, like spirit of despair. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, spirit of this. Like I've never thought about this ever, ever in my life. Like a spirit of despair. I was like, oh. So then I googled, is despair different from <clears throat> depression? And then I was like, okay. I saw like people, Nini, the Google saying. <laughs> Like the, the the sites on Google saying like yeah it's different, but then I was like spirit of despair. So I wrote that down. That's what I'm, I've been searching in my thread. I wrote on September twenty seventh this year. Spirit of despair. That's all I wrote. I bolded it. Yeah, so that's all I wrote. Spirit of despair. That's actually before. Let me search something. No, yeah, no, okay, yeah, okay, spirit of despair, that's 27th September. So, I think during this last week, I started asking myself, okay, how do we deal with despair? (laughs) How do we deal with despair? I've never like come across a someone or a nini saying like how to deal with the spirit of despair or something like that. But I was like, okay, if it's hopelessness and like I was thinking to myself, okay, hopelessness. What is it that is making me hopeless? And then it hit me. It's this quote unquote hopeless situation that I'm in where this it's like I've given birth but my child is not alive it seemed like a hopeless situation and I felt hopeless okay I didn't feel hopeless I feel I currently feel hopeless I have been feeling hopeless so I asked myself I really hope I'm audible (coughs) So I asked myself, let me actually just go to YouTube. Because <laughs> I've been asking myself, how do you deal with this? If it's hopelessness, Jesus is my hope. But then how does how do I live that out? I remembered I studied Under the Sun, the episode. Because the entire book of Ecclesiastes is this writer, the author, the teacher saying that everything is meaningless and I felt like that (laughs) I felt like that 
Let me actually go to Ecclesiastics. So I didn't even open Ecclesiastics to read. Just that that the episode came to mind. I was like, I'm actually feeling hopeless. Ecclesiastes. Where is Ecclesiastes? <clears throat> Ecclesiastes. Chapter one. I'm just, I'm just going to read like this part where he's saying meaningless, meaningless. So Ecclesiastes. Chapter 1, verse 1, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labor, from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are worrisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. There is, n- is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was already here. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. And then he continues. I, the teacher, was king over Jerusalem in Israel. I applied my mind to study and explore by wisdom that all is done under the heavens, all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God laid has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done yet and that are done under the sun. All, all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also the madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. So this is what I was feeling. Okay, This is what I've been feeling. The meaninglessness. The utter meaninglessness. Utterly meaningless. So I was like, okay, okay. The, the, the episode under the sun that I studied, I came out of it asking, like, is there hope? Literally, that was my question, and I, was, I had no notes or anything. I remember correctly. I, I remember exactly because in that episode, I, I kept on reading and reading some chapters in Ecclesiastes and I'm like 
jeez, like it seems so sad and hopeless. And he kept on saying, all you like, what is left is to eat and drink. That's one thing I also noted. He kept on saying, eat and drink and enjoy. Let me actually see if I can find a verse where he says eat and drink. Delight, toil, achieve, chasing, fruit. This day is meaningless. Okay, so the next chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 24. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat and find enjoyment? So that's all he kept he kept on repeating. Pointing to God, but pointing to God when it comes to eating and drinking. So I wrote, just wrote that down. I wrote down Ecclesiastes chapter 2 from verse 20 to 24. Let me read from verse 20. So my heart began to despair. Oh, he has used the word despair. That's why I wrote it down. Okay. Okay, let me highlight a different color. So Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 20 24. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving which, with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat and find enjoyment? So that's a verse I wrote down. <sighs> so after writing that verse down, this I wrote that down, I think, yesterday. I asked myself, is there any, like, a advice or a video when it comes to like a salmon or like you know those like um encouraging videos where people talk about like christian videos so can i find one about a spirit of despair you know i was um, i was honestly i still am because i'm not recording this because I found an answer or like because I've been quote unquote healed from despair if there's healing from despair I mean I be, I do believe it's a type of healing when someone is freed from the bondage of any unclean spirit because despair anything that is not of God is unclean Right, and again, I started by saying, "Our battle is not against not just me; it's a us. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and rulers and authorities. So, if there's a spirit of, say, for example, anxiety, or a spirit of infirmity that causes like physical ailments, or if there's a spirit of this despair, then that's not of God." 
these are the battles I'm supposed to be fighting, right? And in my case, it's a spirit of despair. That's currently what I think it is. And it seems to be from even my, like, um, when I think about what the feeling and the thoughts, it's the hopeless thoughts and the, the um, like, I don't know what else to say. Hopelessness. That's the word that actually works very well. They are hopeless thoughts, like discouraging thoughts. Thoughts that actually... Thoughts that don't encourage me. They're discouraging, Sindo. So, with this spirit of despair, I was like, okay, can I find anything? And so I googled, and I, I didn't find much. Maybe it's just the algorithm on my YouTube so maybe it's like my end on my end but it it like there weren't those many videos on like a spirit of despair but I did find one and I want to say surprisingly I'm not surprised because I am Kenyan and of course YouTube knows that my account is I've opened my account as a Kenyan my account YouTube account is a Kenyan so maybe that's but anyway, my point is I found <laughs> I found a Kenyan preacher. One that I didn't know existed. Of course, I don't know many Kenyan preachers. Because obviously there are many, many preachers. But um, I found one that I had not come across before. That's my point. And I was like, ah. Oh. I don't know should I listen to this because also I need to be careful you need like I need to be careful not to just listen to anything right but then I was like okay okay this one looks like it's it uh, compared to all the other videos that I'm seeing I I felt like okay let me just look at this one let me watch this so I downloaded did I download it or did I watch it? I think I watched it. I didn't download it. I watched it. And I I was like, hmm. He's literally saying exactly what I feel. <laughs> like everything he was saying, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening to me. Like everything. And I was like, okay. Okay. Like I felt seen <laughs> honestly I felt like okay so this is not all in my head like this is a thing because basically what he was saying what example did he give I think he gave Elijah yeah he gave Elijah that's why I've written the notes on Elijah okay <laughs> I was wondering how I started writing Elijah but he talked about Elijah and how Elijah was threatened by Jezebel and he he um he ran away from Jezebel. He was afraid and then he went into the wilderness. And and the preacher gives like um not steps but like actions Elijah took 
from like one step he took the first step like um what did he say it's like who are you listening to because elijah was was informed right there were people who came to give him a report about what jezebel um threatened him about and so elijah listened to the to like that and whatever he, uh, you know like what he consumed when he listened to it like that which he listened to is what affected his actions there so if i can remember correctly the guy said like it's what you're listening to um according to elijah he listened when, when in connection to elijah he listened to that um threatening negative news about him which made him afraid and then I'm, i don't think i'm going to like remember everything but the other thing i remember he said is like elijah secluded himself because he left his servants and then went like a day's journey into the wilderness father into the wilderness alone so he secluded himself and then um while while there while while in seclusion i think he he talks about him sleeping or him resting but he says that is a positive thing while in seclusion the angel of the lord appears to elijah and he tells elijah to eat and drink when i heard that i was like huh ecclesiastes is there a connection like when in this meaningless state of despair you're encouraged to eat and drink and not just like gluttony and drunkenness but like with what you have ecclesiastes says like um with the work that you have toiled like enjoy the work that you have some in those lines but when i heard like elijah i knew i knew this happened to elijah but when i heard it again from this preacher saying okay eat and drink and then him he pointed to communion he he told his church um this angel of the lord came to elijah in this state right he found elijah in this state he he, he appeared to elijah while elijah was in this state and he told him get up and eat and beside elijah um there was baked bread and uh, water baked bread and water and this priest this pastor um talks to his church congregation and then he says because he, uh, he was i don't know how to say it like i really know what like it's so hard speaking okay he points to the communion that the church that they were going that they would eventually have as a church right the pastor points to the communion 
that they would eventually share. And then he says, like, in this, I don't know if I'll, I'll translate it correctly because he was also speaking English and Swahili and also Kikuyu. <laughs> so he was like, in this case, it points to communion. I think that's how I understood it. Let me just explain how I understood it. The pastor says, in this case, Elijah's case, and a case where you find yourself in despair and you have secluded yourself, one, you're not supposed to seclude yourself, but if you find yourself, you're in despair and you've secluded yourself, you need to partake. You need to eat and drink. And even this, the pastor was saying, in as much as right now I'm talking about spiritual eating, like you're eating the communion, but also he talks about physical. He said like even Elijah had to, the angel of the Lord brought like a physical meal that had to energize his body because, this is what the pastor says, he says because the Lord was not done with Elijah. Elijah is the one who took himself to the wilderness. Because let me just jump forward. Because we find God asking Elijah when Elijah goes to the cave. God asks Elijah, what are you doing here? Meaning this is not the place God wanted Elijah to be. Right? And we see God send Elijah to where he actually wants him to be. So... And I've actually said like the Elijah secluded himself and I've remembered in my studies, mostly in this, the seventh season, when I was talking about the spiritual reality and the spirits and clean spirits, I came to see that every time the, these unclean spirits are mentioned in the Bible, either the Old Testament or the New Testament, we see that these unclean spirits live in the wilderness. They like seclusion. They like the deserted places. They like the graveyard, the area where it seems dead, where there's no life. That's where they thrive. That's where, that's their home, the wilderness. So it's not a surprise this is what I've, I've remembered, like this is what has come to mind when I've remembered like Elijah was secluding himself. It's not a surprise that Elijah, while he was filled with despair, if I can say the spirit of despair, he was led into a wilderness. Let me even point something that is coming to mind right now. When Jesus was led into the wilderness, we are actually sp told in specific terms, which spirit led him into the wilderness? We are, it's clarified and it's not even clarified. Like it's stated clearly that it's the Holy Spirit of God who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. And who did Jesus find in the wilderness? The devil, the prince of the world. The father of all unclean spirits, if I can say that. It's not like literal, but you know. 
he was in the wilderness, but it's the Holy Spirit who led Jesus to go to the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested, to see if he is, for, for even to prove that Jesus is the pure lamb who is not, who is not, um, who has no, no stain or blemish. No sin. He cannot be tempted. That's the point of Jesus going to the wilderness. To prove that he is actually the son of God. Because that's what the devil was tempting and poking at Jesus with his questions. If you're truly the son of God. If you're truly the son of God. So anyway, when it comes to the wilderness, the Holy Spirit is not the one who leads Elijah into the wilderness. No. Elijah secludes himself. But then it seems like when God speaks to him in a still small voice, he's asking Elijah, what are you doing here? Meaning this is not where God led Elijah. God did not want Elijah to be in the wilderness. Because we can see that the spirit that quote unquote led Elijah into the wilderness is these, if I can say like, we're not told this um, again this is me thinking about this so first kings is it chapter what 20 i don't know in in first kings we're not told like elijah was led into the wilderness by the spirit of despair no this is just me thinking about it so this spirit of deep despair and depression and whatever unclean spirit this was I'm just saying despair because that's what I'm 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 seeing. Like the depression and despair. Because again, we also told that spirits don't go alone. You you often don't find like one spirit like hosting, being using living in a house alone. And again, we are the houses. Human beings are houses that can host unclean spirits or holy, the Holy Spirit. Again, I, I, I read about this and studied this in one of the, I think it's the, the clean house episode. Where Jesus says that when you drive out one spirit from a man, like a human, a, a man, right? Drive out an unclean spirit from a man and the spirit leaves him so the man becomes like healthy or because if the, the spirit was had made him insane the man now becomes sane the man it's okay he's back to health right this unclean if the man doesn't fill his house if the man if the man leaves his house empty meaning he has, he, he, like, spirits have left him. A spirit has left him, right? Or spirits have left him. Meaning, there is no spirit residing in him. He's empty. If he continues remaining empty, that spirit that has left him, when it goes into the wilderness, and I don't, I don't remember exactly if it's like, if it gets bored, or if it's like, oh, this is not conducive, a conducive space. I want to be in a host. And to have a body. So these spirits as says like, okay, 
So let me actually go back to the house that I was living in to see if I can actually enter, right? If I can actually live there, continue living there. Jesus says, I'm paraphrasing a lot here, but Jesus says, if the spirits come, if the spirit comes back and finds an empty house, this spirit will come back with seven times other deadly spirits, other spirits that are even more, more, um, the word that's coming to my head is unclean, but Jesus says like even more deadly, let me use the word deadly, more powerful. You see like how Jesus freed the man from the legion of spirits that was in him, the, the, the man who was driven into the, the, um, the graveyard by the spirits. We're literally told that the spirits drove the man to live in the graveyard, the land of the dead, to seclude himself. The spirits secluded the man. And he could he started cutting himself. And even if even even the chains that he was chained with, he was the spirits were strong enough that they broke the chains off the man. He had chains hanging off him, but they were not like holding him. But he was chained. You see how Jesus says he has come. Let me actually Google that verse. He has come to free the 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 chained, the bound. Isaiah verse, Isaiah verse, free the bound Bible verse. Hopefully it gives me something. Perfect. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Whose spirit? Not an unclean spirit. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me. Let me actually pause for a minute. Yes, this is Isaiah. But in I think Luke chapter 2 maybe, chapter 3. Jesus goes to his hometown and goes to the synagogue and opens the Isaiah. He's given the Isaiah scroll. And this is the scroll he reads. And then after he reads, he sits down and says that, You guys, you who have heard me read this scroll... This scroll has been fulfilled in your hearing. Meaning I am the one who has the spirit of the Lord in me. Who has been anointed to bring the good news to the poor. To set the captives free. To comfort the broken hearted. So Jesus, that's why they want to kill him. And Jesus manages to like not die. Right? So Isaiah 61 says, verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. So those who are bound will be freed, will be released, and those who are imprisoned will be freed. So again, Jesus was not coming to to, uh, ignite, to like to bring a revolution Jesus told Pilate my kingdom is not of this world if I wanted if my kingdom was of this world then my followers would actually fight for my freedom 
They would be fighting right now with swords. But my kingdom is not of this world. Meaning the work that Jesus came to do, it was spiritual. It was spiritual. The captives that he came to free are those who are held captives, enslaved by these spiritual rulers. The prisoners that Jesus came to free are those who are in freedom, in imprisoned by these spiritual powers. The broken-hearted that Jesus came to comfort are those who are hopeless, broken, who didn't have hope. So all this is spiritual. The poor that Jesus came to give the good news to is not only those who are who are like um, materialistically poor, that's a word, materialistically poor, but those who are spiritually poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the, um, what do you call this? Someone of the mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So Jesus is, I've lost a word. His um what he came to do, Jesus' mission was a spiritual battle. He came to fight the spiritual rulers, powers. Let me actually Google that verse and authorities. Spiritual rulers, powers. Bible verse <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2 verse 16 Bible verse Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers against authorities against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms this is what Jesus came to fight. This is what Jesus is still fighting. Because Jesus saves humans. He doesn't save a specific type of human. He doesn't save only men. He doesn't save only women. He doesn't save only children. He doesn't save only black people. He doesn't save only white people. He doesn't save only Africans. He doesn't save only Australians. He doesn't save only church people he doesn't save only righteous people you know like righteous as in good deeds people i just need to do 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 good no jesus came to free sinners from being enslaved by sin last time i checked god tells us we are all sinners every single even mahatma gandhi i don't know why he has come to my mind <laughs> I don't know. I've, I think I've thought like who do people think is the purest human? Even Mother Teresa. Even the Pope. I don't know. I'm just naming people who we think like they're above morals. Like they're like more moral than us. We are all sinners. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus is the only human born in this world. 
that had no sin. And that's literally his mission. That it was purposeful. His birth on this earth was purposeful. He needed to be born and live without sin. And die sinless. So I think the reason I've gone through all this is because when Ecclesiastes, in my study under the sun, I remember pointing to Jesus as the hope because in the entire study I was like, this is all meaningless, there's no hope. It's all sad and gloomy. Like what am I supposed to get from reading Ecclesiastes? Just eat and drink? And then it hit me. That's why I usually remember this study. The end of the study, it hit me. I have hope. I have hope. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is my hope. Right? So that's how I understood that study. Jesus is the perfect one who saves us who are hopeless. Even when everything seems meaningless and we are working and it doesn't seem like there's any fruit or there's a lot of fruit, but I mean... I'm still going to die. Why did I work hard to earn all these things when I can't take it where I'm going? You know, that thought of like human mortality. Like you work for something and then you get there and you're like, oh, this is not enough. And you work for something else. That that meaninglessness, that despair of like, when will it ever be enough? I think in that study I was like I don't have to work for society's approval meaning like I don't I don't have to like work to to be applauded by society like I've done a good job according to society's standard or according to or according to culture's standard or according to family's standard or according, even according to my own standard because I am flawed the only one whose standard I should care about is God. And I can never achieve God's standard. Never, even if I try. And that's why Jesus is the only way. Jesus achieved God's standard perfectly. And he tells me, to all I need to do is believe in him and his finished work. His perfect, righteous works that have pleased God because it's God himself so he has achieved God's standard He's, he has finished everything that needed to be done he's seated on the throne next to the father and so he tells me to believe in him and put my trust in him because he has finished, I don't, he doesn't require me to be perfect. And so I'm like, okay, Fuchs, that's good. So that's how I ended the, under the, the episode under, under the sun. But now during this week, after realizing that this spirit of despair that is plaguing me, if I can use that word, the spirit of despair that is plaguing my mind right now, my headspace, I was like, okay, it's hopelessness. Okay, 
Jesus is my hope. But how do... Is there any... Like, I, I still didn't feel like me saying Jesus is my hope is an answer. Let me be honest. I was like, I understand. I understand what Jesus has done for me. I believe in Jesus' finished work. Is there another level of understanding that needs to be like unlocked in my head that I need to understand? Because right now that's not, it's not helping. And I'll be very honest, even while I pressed record in this episode, it's not like I have an answer. But I think it's pointing me. There's, because I don't think it's a coincidence that I've recorded an episode, the episode that the table, and it's not just a recording. It's like a documentation of my current space and communication with God. <laughs> that's what, that's usually how I see these episodes and these recordings. It's like I'm recording my my journey with God, my faith journey with God. So I don't. It, I am um again I think I'm repeating myself here but I'm done believing in coincidences right so the fact that God gave spoke to me about communion and how I should I should I should make it a practice to eat and drink and it was in these period of the despair period when when I started feeling hopeless you know even when I'm recording this it's not like I have I have thought about this and oh my gosh this led to this and then this led to this it's even now as I'm speaking it's hitting me like by the way God spoke to me about eating communing about communing with him fellowshipping with him during during this period when i started feeling hopeless and discouraged like how good is god even when i don't understand these spiritual things he still speaks like it takes a while for some things to like sink in in my head but God is so patient because right now it's sinking in like wow God so like way fine to the future like God knew that I would be here right now and I would need to feel the comfort you see how Jesus comforts the brokenhearted he God already knew because of course he's God, but I think it still surprises me. Like God already knew that I would still need his comfort right now. Even 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 right now when I don't understand everything. And he's reminding me, I knew you'd be here. That's why I told you to eat and drink. Make it a practice to commune with me. You will eventually understand. But start now. Trust me now. And start even the fasting you don't understand it fully and I'm not forcing you to understand but at least I come with an open heart that's what I feel it's like God has been telling me 
as long as you are humble and you come to me with an open heart our open heart that is willing to learn to learn from god i've been feeling like i'm a child to be honest <laughs> and that's how i've been seeing myself before god like i'm a child who knows nothing and it's not like i'm a worthless child no i'm a very loved child by god he loves me so much he called he calls me he tells me like i am ruling with him i'm a prodigal son who prodigal daughter anyway i'm a prodigal daughter who who has been welcomed and clothed he, who is loved who doesn't deserve it but according to god he sees me as worthy of a crown worthy of a harvest worthy of a robe a clean robe so that's how i see myself as a child who needs to who needs to to be open to being taught to humble myself and sit down to take a seat <sighs> so that's why i am very honest i'm i'm usually very I try to be honest with my recordings because the times when I listen back to a recording I recorded like months ago I usually forget like the events that led to what that led to what that led to me thinking this way that led to this so it benefits me to actually try and um be honest because it encourages me even months later that oh wow okay so you didn't even know like it's you didn't even come in a recording with a conclusion but eventually you in some of their episodes you finished the episode having learned something wow like it literally encourages me <laughs> and it shows me like god is still speaking even when i am um I'm, i'm clueless and i come to him like i don't know and even the last episode be bold we are told to go to god's presence boldly meaning the table the passover meal communion um jesus sat at the table with his disciples and shared a meal he ate and drank with them now this is not just any meal this was the fulfillment of what god had promised his people that even shows like okay it might take a while but god fulfills his promises that gives me hope by the way that's something that has sunk in right now <laughs> that gives me hope it took a long time it took a long time for the messiah to be um to be what's this word that i've been using um ma mm. manifested to appear to be born and to fulfill the prophecies it took at a while right 
It took a while, but eventually, at God's perfect time, the Messiah appeared and fulfilled all that was prophesied. Meaning, every word God has spoken to me, Nanini, I think you should be listening. Listen, every word God has spoken to me about bearing fruit, about raising the dead, giving life to what looks dead about harvesting, about possessing the land. Every word God has spoken to me, about strengthening me, God telling me that he will be with me, he will never leave me nor forsake me, that I am the head and not the tail. That he's surrounding me with legions of angels who fight for me during this spiritual battle. That he will open the areas where I'm spiritually blind to. That he will give me wisdom and knowledge and understanding. That he has not given me a spirit of fear or a spirit of despair, but a spirit of power and of love. Because that's something that I thought of and I'm like, whoa. I think I understood it. It hit me on another level. God has not given me a spirit of fear, a spirit of despair, but of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. The headspace that I am in right now, God has said, that's not the spirit I've given you. I've given you a spirit of peace, a spirit of a sound mind. The part where God says a spirit of love, that hit me different. I think it was today or yesterday, I don't know when I said this to myself. But then right, like that, at that time I was like, either ni yesterday or ni today, I think it's today, earlier today in the morning. Spirit of love. And I was like, whoa. Because recently in this despairness, despair feeling and hopelessness, mindset that I've been feeling the one thing when it comes to loving others it has been hard because somehow you see how this spirit of despair like leads you into isolation even though with me it's not like physical isolation it's like mental isolation like mentally clicking off like I don't want to emotionally attach myself to anything I just it's like a selfish mindset I find myself instead of thinking about others 
I think about myself. Instead of thinking about how somebody will feel, I think about myself. Instead of thinking about how somebody will react, I think about myself. Like instead of thinking about what somebody else needs, I've been isolating myself. Mental, mentally usually. Physically is kind of, but like also mentally. And so the love part has not been... (laughs) it has not been easy for me that's when i it's like when i was telling myself i think it was the holy spirit reminding me god has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and i was like yes and of love and i was like oh damn because i asked myself honestly by the way i have not been loving the one thing i have intentionally even during this like hopelessness headspace i've been in is the service part you see how like because with the practice of fasting that i've been trying i noticed how i i was like there's no fulfill i don't know it's because i'm not going to find fulfillment in fasting i wasn't looking for that but i just wanted to understand like is this doing anything spiritually you know and I would go back to Isaiah. Excuse me. I would go back to this verse. Let me actually Google the verse where true fasting. True fasting. Isaiah. Bible. Verse. <clears throat> Oops. Okay. True fasting. Let me see if I can find it. Fasting. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 58 and 59. Let me open Isaiah 58. Read some parts. Isaiah 58. True fasting. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. This will... Let me pause. You see the verse where I had read Isaiah 61. And I love how these things are connecting right now. It's not a coincidence. I had not planned this. But I love that the fact that what I'm going to read right now about true fasting... Is literally what Jesus says he has come to do. It's literally what Isaiah 61, that what I had read about setting the captives free. It just hit me like that's what I'm going to read. So let me keep that in mind. So this is what true fasting. So this is what God was, I believe it's God, was reminding me when I was feeling like, oh, I'm feeling hopeless. But then I, every time I'm asked to do something, the first thing, the first thing that would come to mind, service. That what that's what would come into mind. This is service. This is service. Service. So instead of thinking of myself first, like oh, I don't want to do this. You don't even know what I'm feeling right now. Blah blah blah. Like thinking of myself, even though I was not like 
doing it like I was not intentionally saying like okay whatever I'm going to do right now is out of love for whoever I'm doing it I was like service and it's not I don't that I don't love those around me those I'm interacting with of course I do but my point is even in this hopeless and despair state of mind I thank God that this was coming to mind right and it's not that you do in the fasting period even after that I was like the service was coming fast because that's the one thing I knew God had clearly said that was true fasting and in I think subconsciously or like I told myself like from for example in the be bold episode and how I'm living that out how I've been living that out how how can I be bold now like even in this state of despair how can I be bold now how, how can I fight this spirit now so I was thinking prayer fasting communing fasting right like prayer and communing to me they are the same kind of right because I'm um, Communion, commun- like communion, communing is also like uh, another level because I'm eating, I'm at the table, I'm sharing a meal with God, with Jesus, with my husband, Jesus, right? The bridegroom. But then prayer is like, I'm talking. I'm having a conversation. I'm listening to advice from like my father, from my from my friend. So it's the same to me, but it's also a bit different. So anyway, true fasting. So this is what usually was coming to mind. And I usually call it service. Because again, from my previous studies, when it comes to, to season six, when it comes to the deeds that I came to understand not about what you're doing for yourself that God cares about it's what you're doing for others the Shema the episode I titled Father's Creed where God says to Israel here O Israel the Lord your God is one love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself so the Understanding that I came out of that episode, that episode, that study, um, with the understanding that I came out with was God first. Understanding what God wants, who God is, what He wants, what He requires of me. When I get that, when God is my foundation, then how I treat my neighbor, my interaction with my neighbor, is fruitful, because if God is pure. God wants me to interact in a pure way with my neighbor. If God is love, God wants me to interact in a loving way with my neighbor. What I get from God, that's why I'm saying it's what I'm eating and what I'm consuming. It's what I'm eating and drinking at the table that feeds me and gives me energy to serve my neighbor. Jesus tells us to eat of him and drink of him. Whoever does not eat of his body and drink of his blood has no life. And again, Jesus is not talking about this physical world. Jesus is talking about spiritual. His kingdom is spiritual. His knowledge is not the knowledge of books and degrees. 
the knowledge that God gives is spiritual knowledge and understanding because he is a spirit. God is spirit. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if we eat, if we eat of whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, that's where we get life. So that's why communing, that's why I was pointing to Ecclesiastes. When I read Ecclesiastes and I remembered eat and drink, it pointed me to communion. And that's why I'm saying it's not a coincidence that God has been telling me, I need you to sit at the table, prepare the table, sit at the table, eat and drink with me. That's what I need to consume. So that even when I am serving, when I'm serving others, I am pouring from a full cup. I've usually heard that term, like pouring from a full cup, and I was like... (laughs) I think now I get it <laughs> in this context that makes sense usually I was like okay that's a typical thing of like pour from a full cup what does that mean but now I get it I get it I need to be filled I need to eat and be filled with the bread of life the water of life the bread and water Elijah and so I also when I read Elijah and the angel of the Lord was bringing bread and water Elijah to eat and be filled for him to get energy to continue serving God because after God told him what are you doing here and Elijah was of course in despair and hopelessness he's like oh gosh I'm the only one left I'm, they were trying to kill me Ugh, I want to belch <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> so they're trying to kill me and then, then God eventually tells Elijah, no, you need, this is not like, I'm paraphrasing a lot. <coughs> I'm not even paraphrasing. I'm saying my two things here. But God like basically tells Elijah, I need to send you to where you're supposed to be, right? So he sends Elijah to anoint kings and prophets to continue serving. So right now, the spirit of despair that I actually feel like it's lifting off. Like for real, I feel like a little bit lighter, if I can use that word. Because I feel like I've I've been nourished kidogo. Like some truth. Like my eyes are being opened right now. (laughs) It's like God is telling me, you need to come to me first to be filled. To understand who you are. To understand the spirit that is in you. So that any other unclean spirit that is fighting you understand that you're in battle right now nanini i told you my god told me that i've again if i don't want to repeat myself but i'm just going to use this term that i've already given birth and the child the reason why this spirit of, of despair is taking advantage of this period where things seem dead it's because I'm vulnerable right now. I've given birth and I'm vulnerable and my child doesn't look like he has life. But God has promised me that my child will cry. My child will will speak. 
my child will have life. My infant child will grow. So with that promise, God also told me, you need to fight. During this period, you need to fight because you will be attacked. You need to be bold. Be bold. Fight off the lies. Fight off the um, the doubts. Fight off the hopelessness with truth. And first need to come to me to be filled. Right? So that that's the full circle moment. Like the, the understanding I'm... I didn't think I'd come out of this with a conclusion. But I thank God. I think that's what God is telling me. And so anyway, let me read true fasting and then actually end this recording. Isaiah 58, true fasting. Verse 2, for day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day you are fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for laying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to, acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice? Isaiah 61. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up the age-old foundations. You will be called a repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, 
And if you honor it by not giving your own, going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that, that's what was coming to mind when fasting. Every time I, I thought about fasting, how do I fight? God wants me to be bold during this period. And it's like I'm being attacked by this spirit of despair and hopelessness. That just makes me feel like discouraged and not wanting. Like, let me just give an example. Like, even if I did something that usually I would consider like I would consider like like a step forward, I would be like, what does that count? Like, like I would not see it as anything because I would be like. It's just one thing. I'm supposed to do like 10,000 things. This is just one thing. Why should I celebrate the one thing? Why this thing doesn't even... It hasn't even left a mark on the goal. Like that's the extent of hopelessness. So that would lead me to even delay and postpone working on what I know I'm supposed to work on. But right now, I think, I don't lie, but I think I'm supposed to continue resting in God's presence, sitting at the table and eating and drinking, communing with God. That's where I'm supposed to be, in the secret place, communing with God. That's where I'm supposed to be. I think I need to be those people who set a time. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not joking. I think I need to be one of those people now who maybe even wake up early or something. Because again, I usually wake up early. So I, uh, this is, okay, I don't, I don't think this is the time for me to plan while I'm recording, but I think that's something I need to think about. Because that's how I fight. If I don't fight, who will? God wants me to fight. God doesn't want somebody to fight for me. Jesus has already won, right? God wants me to take the steps. I can't expect like my neighbor to take the steps on my behalf. No, I need to take the steps myself. I need to obey God. It's me. It's my relationship with God. It's my life that I am accountable for right now. I think I'm just telling myself all these things. So yeah, so I think it's one step. I think Sahi ni kuchukua to a step ahead. To take a step forward and sit with God. I need to be filled with God's truth, God's knowledge. God's love so that when I when I serve when I fast so that when when any attack is thrown at me 
my mindset, my headspace is my headspace is strong enough. Of wearing the helmet, the helmet of salvation. I don't think there's anything else I want to say. I did have as part of my notes, but something else. But I don't think I want to. Nah, it's not necessary right now. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for speaking. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sound mind that you've given me. The spirit of sound mind. Spirit of self-control. The spirit of peace I'm sure God I'm not the only one feeling hopeless I'm not the only one in despair fighting a spirit of despair and I'm not the only one feeling discouraged it might be happening in my headspace to others it might be happening in their surroundings to others it's a nationwide thing things don't look peaceful there are wars breaking out wars have it's like the stench of death it's like we need to hold the door because like the spirit of death is moving and he's not alone. There are other spirits. Like this spirit of despair. <sighs> we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a mute God. We serve a God who sees. We serve a God who hears. We serve a God who acts. And in your perfect time. You will act. When it comes to spiritual bondage, spiritual blindness, spiritual freedom, you have already acted. Spiritual hopelessness. When it comes to battling the spiritual realm, you have already acted. You have already fulfilled your promises by sending Jesus. Him dying and resurrecting. He has defeated death. The spirit of death has already been defeated. In Revelations we are told that the dragon, <clears throat> knowing that he has little time left, he is just roaming around searching whom to devour. He knows he has little time left. So God, even with these wars that are springing up, wars that have been there, wars that are still continuing, and other wars, anyone who's planning, God, you've told us that you've told us that the future does not look pretty. 
But God, you're a God who sees. You're a God who knows every name of every human being that you have brought into this planet, into this world. It's you. You told Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So God, you know our actions even before we commit them. The same way, like in Genesis, I think it's 15, when you are telling Abraham, the sins of the Amalekites have not reached their full measure. You telling Job, asking Job if Job thinks he knows how to be a just judge. You are the just judge. You know the perfect time to act. Even when things look like there's no hope in this world. Hope has already been revealed. Hope has already been revealed. Open the eyes of those who are spiritually blind. Give them eyes to see. To see hope. To see the truth. To see life. Give them eyes to see Christ. Who is for all. Who has died for all sinners. So that whoever believes in him. Whoever turns to him will receive life and life everlasting. May we not toil like uh, the teacher of Ecclesiastes. May we not just toil for the things of this world. Because that's meaningless. There's nothing new under the sun. We don't seek hope for under the sun. We don't just seek hope for under the sun. But we seek eternal hope. You have promised us eternal hope. You're a God who speaks. You don't serve a mute God. I serve a God who speaks. And God, it takes just one word. It takes just one word from you. And reality shifts. Just one word. There are no bounds to your ways. Your ways are not our ways. You're not bound by time. You're not bound by our emotions you're not bound by our resources you're not bound by technology you're not bound by contracts you're not bound by nations you're the creator of heaven and earth lord speak we are listening 
but give us eyes to see give us ears to hear to hear you when you speak because you are our life even during these times of despair it's only you it's only you who has the strength who has the power to breathe life back into me and into us those who are in despair it's only you it's not money it's not relationships it's only you the spirit of truth the spirit who comforts the broken hearted the spirit who sets the captive free the spirit who frees the prisoners the spirit who who prophesies good news to the poor you're the one who provides you're the ancient of days there is nothing new under the sun even these wars there's nothing new under the sun conflicts in neighborhoods conflicts in homes conflicts even within our own self our own minds there's nothing new under the sun these spiritual powers rulers and authorities they have been here they have been here before us they know their time is limited there's nothing new under the sun but you god you're the creator of every living being either physical or spiritual you're the ancient of days you're the king the creator the lord of the spirits it is you every knee will bow both in heaven and on earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus your kingdom is not of this earth your kingdom is not of this earth the power that you have given me is not of the sword the power you have given me is a spiritual sword the armor the sword of the spirit the sword that fights the spiritual battles i pray god that you continue renewing my mind to understand this spiritual truth it's what gives me life it 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 is what renews me i can literally feel it in my bones <laughs> it's renewing me i don't want to take medicine something that will not cure a spiritual ailment a spirit I don't want to take physical medicine to fight a spirit that doesn't work 
you are the physician. Protect us, God. Cover us and protect us with the blood of Jesus. May your angels, your holy angels, surround us. Surround the body of Christ wherever we are, spread out in all this throughout the world. Wherever we are, God, your bride, Christ, protect your bride. Protect your bride. The dragon is attacking and has been attacking and will continue to attack. But God, protect your bride. We are fighting from a point of hope, eternal hope. We have received eternal life. Whatever time you find it best for us to breathe our last God, it's not our last when it comes to living life. We have received eternal life. So Jesus, I know things are not easy. You know things are not easy. You've been here. You've lived this life. You've experienced firsthand this human life. Humans are complex. Our lives are complex. Our emotions are complex. the only one who knows everything you're the only one who knows everything so that's where I'm putting my trust in the one who knows everything I'm not putting my trust in science I'm not putting my trust in numbers I'm not putting my trust in culture I'm not putting my trust in my own thoughts. I'm putting my trust in you. God strengthen me. You've promised me that if I put my trust in you, it will guide me and strengthen me. I believe that. Lord, guide me and strengthen me. I'm praying for a willing spirit of obedience. A spirit that is humble to receive from you. A spirit that is humble for correction. Lord, Protect the innocent in this world. Protect the innocent. You know why you created us, each and every one of us. You know how many hairs, how many hairs are in each of our heads. A God who knows that 
is not blind to what is happening. Privately in homes, privately in schools, privately or even publicly in schools, publicly in, in, in nations, publicly in government, governments. You're not blind to what is happening. You have said that you're a God who sees everything. You're aware of everything that is happening. Where the spiritual rulers, the princes of this world, where they are spewing hatred, where they are spewing confusion. God, you are aware of every one of them. These powers and rulers and authority. You have told us you are not battling against flesh and blood. But those who are controlling us are spiritual powers, rulers and authority. Those are those are those are the ones that are enslaving us. Nothing is impossible with you, God. They already know that their time is lit, is short. The same way Jesus approached the man who was in the tombs. And the spirits, legion, the legion of spirits, they asked him, what do you want with us, son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? They already know that there's a set time that they will be tormented. That justice will fall on them. Even the spirits know who is in charge. Even the spirits know that they have already been judged. Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit is, will convict us of sin, unbelief, righteousness, because Christ has already um, finished, has already fulfilled everything and is seated at the right hand of God. It is finished. And judgment. We are reminded by the Spirit that the Spirit, the Prince of this world, has been judged. That's what my God tells me. God has already told us that the spirit of this world has been judged. The spirit that is causing chaos, the spirit of death, the spirit of war, the spirit of hatred, the spirit that is of chaos. These spirits and many more, all of them, offspring of the snake, they have been judged and they know they have been judged. They know they have been judged. They are manipulating the ignorant. God, open our eyes reality 
Jesus came to give sight to the blind. Jesus told the Pharisees, if you think you can see, I came to give sight to the blind. If you Pharisees think you can see, then your sin remains. So Jesus is talking about spiritual blindness. God give us spiritual sight. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit, the spirit of peace, the spirit of love, the spirit of joy, the spirit of patience, the spirit of kindness, the spirit of truth, the spirit of patience, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of faithfulness, the spirit of self-control. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit of life says to the churches. What the Holy Spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, what he says to the churches. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear because he speaks. He's a God who speaks. And his words have life. God, speak to us in dreams. Even those who have not yet met you, speak to them in dreams. Change the hearts of stone into the hearts of flesh. Hearts that can be molded. Hearts that can be humbled. Hearts that can be fruitful. That can grow. What is planted. Lord, take off the veils, these dark veils, and may we see, give us eyes to see, to see through, to see through the lies, to see through manipulation. Give us eyes to see. Give us discernment to discern the spirits. Whatever spirit is attacking, God, give us the spirit that give us the gift of discernment. So that we see spiritually the spirit that is attacking. And Lord, we're praying for the gift of knowledge and wisdom so that we know how to fight. We put on the armor and Lord, we, so that we speak the same way our God speaks life, so that we also speak life into the areas that seem dead, that are being attacked. You've given us authority. You've given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. You've given us authority authority to rule over sin to rule over the snake that is that is at our door that snake that is at our door you've given us authority to rule over it and you've given us a spirit of power a spirit of love a spirit of a sound mind and self-control so thank you god Thank you, God, for peace. Thank you for your word. Your word is life. 
So in Jesus' name, whatever spirit of despair and any other spirit that has attached itself in this house, I cast it out in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, anoint me with the oil of the spirit so that any unclean thing, any unclean spirit, any open door that I have opened, any anything that I have done to allow the spirits to have even any power over my mind, Lord, show me, God, close that door. If it is anything I have done, I repent of any sin that I may have committed, knowingly or unknowingly, that allowed that spirit to come in, that made that spirit feel comfortable to live in my head. It has no room. The only spirit that has room is the Holy Spirit. So God, thank you. Thank you for freedom. Thank you because you set the captives free. Thank you because you loose the chains of those who are bound. Me included. You're a God who sees, you're a God who hears, and you're a God who acts. I trust God that you're a just God you're a faithful God and at your perfect time your word will come to pass it will be fulfilled it will not return back to you void so it's in Jesus name I pray trusting and believing Amen Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully you'll be joining me every Tuesday for new episodes of the Trying Podcast. Stay safe, guys. Bye.